Welcome to the truth about dyslexia. If you've been listening to the last couple of episodes, you'd have heard a bit about my story. You'd have heard a little bit about what dyslexia is, in my opinion, or our opinion from the truth about dyslexia. And now we're going to be starting to dive into some of the challenges that come with dyslexia, as well as some of the benefits. Um, and I, I'm not sure I'm a big fan of the, the phrase superpowers, but the, uh, the pluses to the way we think. So let's dive into the first episode. This is going to be talking about reading, writing, and all of that stuff. It's something that, how much I would like to just skip it, because it's not really what we focus on a lot of. We do have a good insight into why it happens. What are the biggest challenges? And it's going to lead into the next episode, which will make a lot more sense with, with this one. So let's dive in now. Okay, so let's dive into it. As I start this episode, it's raining outside, so hopefully that doesn't come too much into the recording. Uh, it's winter where I am in little old New Zealand, so it's a bit wet and windy. Uh, so diving into this episode, reading, writing, spelling, I thought I couldn't really do a, you know, a whole series of podcasts about dyslexia, the pros and the cons, without bringing this up at some point. So we may as well get it out of the way early. Now, you may be listening to that going, why are you dismissing it? This is the biggest part about it. Now, don't get me wrong. Reading, writing, spelling is a challenge. The amount of times I misuse the word there, E-I-R versus T-H-E-R-E, you know, I, I still do it to this day. I still mix it up and rely on spell checkers to solve it for me. So I know how challenging it can be. I really struggle with those nuances of language. I personally, as you would have heard in my story, struggle with tracking and, and writing from a board. Wherever possible, I don't like writing. You know, I, in, a, in my to-do lists that I do, I do write, but very limited elsewhere. And it's, it's a struggle, right? It's not, it doesn't feel remarkably natural. It feels like I'm putting a lot more energy into reading and writing. You know, I'm I'm not a fast reader. I read really slowly. I I do try and read occasionally. I read a few books, but I'm much more audio driven. That's how I'm I'm pulled towards with my dyslexia. But I've never really had the spinning of the B's and the D's. I was lucky, and I don't have that that particular challenge. And this is the thing with dyslexia: is it come? It, it's different in every single one of us. You know, some some people really struggle with numbers, you know, which is slightly different, but we, we're not going to go into it for the sake of this podcast. But, you know, I, I personally find it really easy to do arithmetic in my head. I was taught when I was young how to do it, and I love it. I'm really quick with short, sharp numbers. And this is the big thing what you'll find with dyslexics is you can't tar every single one of us with the same brush, especially around reading and writing and spelling. Vanessa Victor, who does Your Dyslexic Life on YouTube, that's our YouTube channel, you know, her best subject at school was English. Now, that didn't mean that she's not dyslexic. You know, her spelling and reading wasn't a huge problem. But the way she deals with things in her mind, the way her mind still is very much a visual preference mind, and the, the challenges that come from that are very real. And we'll talk about that in those future episodes. But 
a few things I wanted to really cover off in the reading, writing, and spelling. And this is the big one. I was going to give it its own episode, but I'm going to keep it in this one, is around these things called trigger words. Now, the core of dyslexia, in my opinion, is that you are naturally preferenced to being visually minded. So your mind is trying to look for pictures, images, movies, stories. That's what makes it work. Um, that's what doesn't use up too much energy, and it likes that kind of narrative. If you have to read a lot, if you have to do a lot of stuff your brain naturally doesn't want to do, you're going to get tired, and you're going to get things wrong, and things aren't going to work. So the more you can move towards the narrative, the visuals, you're going to do a lot better. And this brings me to talking about trigger words. Now, I want to make sure I explain this right, because it's a really important one. And, you know, when I first found out about what dyslexia really meant, this made a lot of sense. And as I've experienced it in my day-to-day -day life, it's made more and more sense because I see it. Now, because we're visual thinkers, we find it super easy to understand physical words. So let's, let's talk about, let's think, if I say table, you know, you can picture a table. If I say plant, you can picture a plant. If I say bedroom, you can picture a bedroom. Uh, if I say beer, you can picture a bottle or a glass of beer, whatever comes to mind. But if I say words like the or and or there, what do you picture? What comes to mind? For a lot of us, nothing or very little. If we try really hard, we can picture the, the actual um, words. But not a huge amount of stuff, right? So it's really hard. We have to read, you know, talk about reading between the lines is what dyslexics do. We read between words, words that mean nothing to us. We're trying to put together stories. So like if I read something, you know, the big hairy bear ran down the road. You know, I can pick that, that up pretty easily because Big Hairy Bear, I can picture that. Running down a road, I can picture it. But if you, if you think about someone writing, there is a solution for the dynamic proposition of optimization of systematic uh, <laughs> discriminatory um, authority. What comes to your mind? You're probably thinking, he's lost his mind. But you, you know, you're like, it's really, really hard to picture that. You know, I didn't even know what I said. I couldn't even repeat it. It was that out there. You know, I was using a lot of words that didn't ha don't have pictures associated. I used a lot of phrases that don't, you know, tell a story. And if you can't see the story, it is really hard for us to understand it. It is really, really challenging for how our minds work. And so these things are trigger words. And, you know, when when I was first taught this by Vanessa, I was spoken to about it. We used words like the and there. We dug into things like cause and effect, something many dyslexics struggle with. Um, you know, cause and effect is a massively intriguing system when you when you think about it, because we don't naturally see it very well because it's lineal. It's like a timeline. And again, I'll probably pull this out into its own podcast in the coming weeks. But 
it's really mind-blowing when you think about it. When you think about cause, what's your picture of cause? You know, it's really hard, right? You know, effect. What's your picture of effect? And then once you start to dig, dig deeper into these, and again, in these short podcasts, I can't explain it all, but I want to give you enough to start you thinking about how the mind works in regards to dyslexia and seeing it. So imagine the word, and I'll give you a good, this is the one that I had the most, I had two aha moment words. One was authority. If I say, if I say, what does authority mean to you? A lot of dyslexics will explain it back. They'll say, it, an authority is someone who, and sometimes they'll even reuse the word authority in the definition because it's confusing and it's hard and it's challenging. So what I, you know, for me, whenever someone said authority, I would see a, a police officer. That is a, that's what the definition of authority is when someone says it to me in general. Now that's not the authority. That's not the definition of authority. That's just the picture I have associated with the word. Now, if you imagine extrapolating that out and going, I actually don't have the proper definition of authority in my head that I truly identify with correctly. How does that affect the rest of my life? How does that understanding about a specific word affect me as a human being? Because it affects me quite a lot. I'll tell you that for free. Um, because you think about the word love, you know, as well, love is not a real word. Love is not a physical word. It's a feeling. Now, if your feelings, you know, if you, you know, a lot of us think we know what love means. Love means to everyone slightly differently, right? Because it's not a real word. You know, it's not a real thing. Um. And here's another, I'm trying to think of some good examples as I talk through this. As you can tell, I plan these podcasts meticulously for hours and hours. Um, you know, the other one was anxiety. You know, I, I realized at probably 30, 30-ish, before on my dyslexia discovery, that I was, I was getting a lot of anxiety in my life. But it took me until 30 to match the word anxiety with the feeling I was having. Does that make sense? Where well, you can't actually tell what you're doing. You're just like, whoa, is this panic attack? Am I stressed? Is, I'll just call it stress. Is it anxiety? You know, you know, these things don't connect with us because these are non-physical words. They're tr what we call trigger words. And it's, um, it's something that no one tells you. You go get a di dyslexia diagnosis. They don't go, hey, here are the challenges you're really going to be dealing with in your life. Here are the things that you can't even notice fully. Uh, because you've probably built workarounds into your life to keep yourself safe. Um, yeah, it's challenging. These things don't get told to us. So this is why I'm trying to do these podcasts. And I know it's probably not going to answer every question you have. So make sure you jump into the Truth About Dyslexia support group. Um, you know, we do some courses on our website, like the Emotional Roller Coaster. If you go to truthaboutdyslexia.com, there's a few of them there that are really awesome. You know, we're trying to do more and more to help people understand this stuff, the stuff that no one tells you. They just say, hey, go and do this, uh, you know, do the test and we'll give you some more time at work. Or, you know, it doesn't really help, right? It's not the stuff that's going to, you know, stop that anxious feeling in our stomach when we go on that emotional roller coaster. Um, and reading and writing is is no different, you know. The, the thing these days, the thing we're lucky with, one, 
is technology has never been better. Like I was very lucky. I learned to touch type as a kid and that saved me massively because I couldn't write very well. But because I could touch type at a super high speed, typing would stay up with the, the, with the length of time I needed for my, um, art, my essays, etc. And plus with spell check, that helped massively. You know, touch typing was a huge tick in the box. Other technologies like Grammarly, you may have found that really, really help with grammar. There's a lot of technology to help us solve, you know, the, 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 the general reading and writing and spelling problems of today that weren't there 20 or 30 years ago. So this is why I'm not going to focus a huge amount on this. I may come back to trigger words in another, another one because I think trigger words kind of deserve their own section. But for now, I hope that's given you a little taste of the way I think about reading, writing, and spelling. Have an epic rest of your day, and I'll be back soon. Hey, if you're enjoying the podcast so far and you want to give us a like and a subscribe, we'd really appreciate it. All reviews are really, really loved by us because it helps get the podcast out to more adults with dyslexia that are struggling. Also, check out truthaboutdyslexia.com. You'll find our little quiz, a fantastic 20 things to know if you love someone with dyslexia, and also our fantastic Facebook group called the Truth About Dyslexia Support Group, helping adults just like you. We're up to 2,200 members and growing. Have an epic rest of your day.